The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent others' servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. A few weeks ago I came across a short read about a small hip tailor shop in Brooklyn that makes free custom-made suits for clients of the Innocence Project. The Innocence Project works to exonerate folks who have been wrongly convicted and incarcerated. Compared to that nightmare, a suit may seem like a small thing. But the owner, Daniel Friedman of Bindle and Keep, sees a suit as a universal ticket into society. He says this, We dress how we feel, and it mirrors how we project ourselves. Our clients not only get freedom back, we want to do what we can to help them get their self-respect back. To be able to walk and think, I belong. I am somebody. I have a nice suit on. I don't need to pretend. Above all, free men should feel like free men. Like the gospel for today, that's not a fashion story. That's a love story. And the love is clear if we know how a man is fitted for a custom suit. At Bindle and Keep, there are countless choices of fabric, blue and gray, solid and stripe, and herringbone and windowpane. 
There are bright colors and loud paisleys for the inner linings. For shirts, it's a choice of colors and whites, collars and cuffs, and even the option to monogram. But in fitting a suit, the most important thing is time. Time together. Time for building a relationship. Time for seeing the world as one. What's most important is that the tailor listens patiently and then explains the pushes and the pulls of shades and fabrics. What's most important is that the tailor measures precisely from neck to bicep to waist to inseam to hem. What's most important is a strong, empowering, perfect fit. What's most important is that a tailor lets a man dream freely after years of being incarcerated. And none of that is cheap. Being saved, it turns out, is very much like being fitted for a suit. The most important thing is time. Time together, time building a relationship, and time seeing the world as one. What's most important is that when our Lord takes the measure of us, his measure is meant for freedom. His measure is meant for love. That is his free gift to us. There was a king who threw a banquet for his son. In joy and celebration, he sent invitations to a pretty select crowd. But after they refused to come and play, he had his servants scoop up everyone from everywhere and bring them home. After all, with a little time and a little care, even folks who are trapped in poor, broken, dead-end lives can be rich and free, right? So the king lavished his love on his guests as they arrived. He even made them suits. He listened and he offered and he measured and he chose shades and fabrics and patterns that were just right. And he fit folks into clothes that they could never dream of, suits that they could never afford themselves, not in a million years, collars and cuffs and seams and hems and monograms. And they became their clothes. They became their clothes, each one of them, perfect and strong and beautiful and beloved. It was a dream come true. But most important in all of that was the time they had together. Because a custom-made suit is also a custom-made relationship, a connection, a way of seeing the world as one, it is a life of freedom and love, and none of that is cheap. That, of course, is what makes our sin so egregious and God's reaction so volcanic. 
It's not just that we sometimes choose old jeans and a t-shirt over pinstripes and paisley and white on white with French cuffs. It's what our choice means. It means that we are forgetting who we are. It means that we are forgetting where we came from. And it means that we are forgetting how we got here. It is taking the Lord, our God, our Creator, our Heavenly Father, our King, for cheap, as if His time and His work for us was nothing, really. As the church year winds down, the stories get more stark and the judgments become more clear. That's because the church is presuming that you and I have grown up during this long green season of Pentecost. For months now, Jesus has been fitting his stories to your life. One by one they come, with a week between each story, time for you to absorb and apply them to your own circumstances, to let your confidence and your beauty build. What Jesus has been doing to you here in the Gospels each week is very much like being fitted for a suit. But the clock is ticking and the party is about to start, and the joy is not just in getting fitted, but also in wearing your new stuff well, and even wearing it out from too much fun with friends and saints and angels, too much fun with food and wine and dancing and laughs. If you won't come play, then Jesus says that you belong somewhere else more like you, somewhere outside, somewhere dark and speechless and sad. As you know, the gospel never works by force. Nobody is going to make you be fitted. Nobody's going to make you dance. But nobody's going to let you stay and ruin the party either. <laughs> Just remember, as the man who got tossed found out, that saying no to Jesus is not freedom. And being on your own is not good news. And hell is a horrible place because that's the place where you get your own way forever with no father and no freedom and no king and no dream and no beauty and no others and worst of all, no love. But this morning you can thank God again that all of you who have been baptized into Christ wear Christ like a new suit. That's Galatians 3.27, sort of a rough translation. And that's not a fashion story. That is a love story. It took Jesus some sort of love and some sort of time to get to his cross. And when he finally dies for you, it was not cheap. But it is a custom-made relationship. And at baptism, you become your clothes. It means you belong. 
You are somebody. You don't have to pretend. You've been forgiven. And free folks should feel like free folks. Free folks should live like free folks. So you all should get busy now. You should go to the Eucharist, and then you should go out of here, and you should have so much fun at his party, in his kingdom, in your prayers and in tithing and in alms for the poor, in mercy and in witness and in love, especially in love, that you wear your new clothes out. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.